Welcome to Show Me Your Mic, the podcast that is about podcasting. This is the third time I've recorded my intro because I'm a professional podcaster. You can find it online at goodstuff.fm slash smym or on Twitter at smym underscore fm. I'm your host, Chris Enns, and I've won a donut so far on Roll Up the Rim. And for this episode, I've got Sean Chin, who's the host of the Capsule Podcast, a podcast on a site that talks about music, film, TV, and tech as it connects with the city of Toronto. We talk about the struggles of trying to get music artists on a podcast, including a shout out to Bon Jovi and Jesse Brown, respectively, for guest appearances on our shows. My thanks to Campaign Monitor and A Small Orange for supporting this episode of Show Me Your Mic. More about them a little later on in the show. For now, here's my conversation with Sean. What's happening in Toronto? Way over there, uh, the center of Toronto Canada. is getting warmer, you know, uh, Chris. Uh, so we had like minus 20 degrees Celsius in the last couple of weeks. And I think a few days ago it became minus seven and that felt warm. Yeah. <laughs> and today, uh, what, March 10 is like plus three, which is like boiling now. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> yeah, for our American Fahrenheit listeners, minus 20 Celsius, but minus four Fahrenheit. And similar here, like we went from, this is what Canadians do is talk about the weather. So just bear with us. But you, we went from like minus 30 something Celsius five days ago to plus three. And on the weekend here, it's supposed to be plus 12. So it's like a 40 degree swing in temperature, which I just, it's like when you actually think about the numbers, it's kind of weird that our buildings and stuff don't just collapse. (laughs) Some of my relatives uh, in the U.S. will ask me, are your igloos and snowmen still up? (laughs) No, those are gone. (laughs) (laughs) Igloos. Exactly. Yeah, no, my igloo melted, unfortunately, so I'm out out in the wild now, recording a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we record podcasts in igloos. (laughs) (laughs) I should see that. I wonder if there there probably is somebody who does that somewhere. Probably, in the Arctic. Yeah, that'll be my next goal, next milestone for Show Me Your Mic. All right, so you're uh, you're part of the liveandlimbo.com podcast site and we'll cover what that is and then also the specifically the capsule podcast is the show that you're yes. obviously a part of and that's what sort of ties you into this show but um just starting bigger picture i guess what's what's live in limbo first of all live in limbo started in 2009 and what we do is uh me and my team we love music film and pop culture and so we cover all of these topics but we try to keep it within what's going on in the Toronto scene. So bands will come through the area. So like Toronto is one of the top three hotspots for touring. So you have like New York, Chicago, LA, and then Toronto is also one of the big hotspots now. So any bands that come through, we will uh, send out a photographer or a reviewer and we'll cover their shows, we'll review their albums, and we'll try to get them on the podcast as well for an interview. Nice. So it's kind of like a, a magazine, online magazine of sorts, yes, cultural. Kind of, yeah. Yes. Nice. And, and you guys are making a go of it as far as like that's your full time gig? Uh, or, no, it's no? still like hobby in hobby mode, <laughs> nice. but like it's getting there. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're good. <laughs> I guess the reason I'm saying asking that is it looks. It looks full time. It looks professional. It looks good, you know. And, and I know there's a, f- a few folks like that too doing similar things here in Saskatoon, where obviously we don't get quite as big of the artists uh, coming <laughs> through, but but a similar idea of trying to make that online version of the old sort of zines and stuff, and then but making a more go of it or whatever. And um, but yeah, it looks looks good, and uh, and it's fun to have. Do you get sort of access to stuff that you wouldn't otherwise maybe do because you're 
affiliated that way, like sort of media esque. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yes, we'll get lots of access for like really high profile artists that come through, and some other people don't. So yeah, it's really interesting. Every year that we keep doing it, we just keep getting more and we keep growing more. And the more numbers that you have, then the more access you get. So it's all good. Yeah. Which the podcast, so I'm segueing obviously talking about your podcast, but the podcast probably helps with just adding a bit of credibility and legitimacy to what you're sort of doing online these days. Or has it, have you noticed a change, I guess, in having, uh, we'll cover, I guess, how long the podcast has been around, but, um, you know, adding the podcast element, has that helped sort of promote oh, yeah. your site? Absolutely. And- I think the podcast, uh, definitely is a great extension of the site itself. And it does, I feel like it does add a level, a higher level of credibility, credibility to what we do. That's a good point, actually. Nice. <laughs> well, yeah. And it's just sort of trying to help the part of this show, I guess, is helping folks think a little bit differently about their, maybe why they might have a podcast or if they do what it could be used for and, and, uh, and yeah, gaining access to things that and events or people, like you said, artists and stuff that might not otherwise be just, you know, obviously you wouldn't necessarily get to, I'm just looking at the site. I don't know who you've talked to recently, but I see a picture of Kanye West and Paul McCartney, but <laughs> but uh, maybe not them necessarily, but not yet. Yeah. Not yet. But definitely bands and stuff that wouldn't otherwise, you wouldn't get to just sit down and chat with having a podcast, you know, gives you a bit of legitimacy and a reason to talk to them and talk to their PR people or whatever. So. Yeah, that's awesome. So when did the podcast start officially? I know it's your about 60 some, uh, 66 episodes in as we record, but uh, when did you actually start it? Yeah, so uh, I start. so as I said before, the website Live on Limbo started in 2009. I've been listening to podcasts for maybe about the last four years now. And then one day last year, I guess late 2013, I was like, hmm, so I have this cool website and I love podcasts why can't I kind of merge it together or make an extension of the website? So in 2000, early, like January 1st, 2014, we launched Capsule. Uh, it's an audio extension. That's what I call it, an audio extension of Live and Limbo. And so, yeah, it's about a year now, just over a year. And we have over 66 episodes. That's awesome. Pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. And it has it sort of uh, has a format or, or way you've been structured this the podcast sort of morphed and changed or has it kind of been similar? So I I don't have like a time limit restriction on each episode. So some of them can be short, like fifteen minutes, and then our longest one is like two hours and thirty minutes. And the format I, I kind of experimented. I'm still experimenting. I think podcasting is still a lot of there's a lot of experimenting going on, but we have discussion episodes where I will talk with maybe two or three of our editors or even the guests um, from another publication and we'll analyze some music news albums and stuff like that. But then the primary episode will be like an interview based one. So I think we're trying to do like two a week. That's what we're aiming for. Nice. And, and sort of the, obviously, like you said, focus on music, film, culture, and a bit of tech. The one I was just listening to, the most recent one was just, you know, you're talking the Apple event, but it, as it relates to <laughs> yeah. music streaming and, and you're a, you're a self. We try to get that side of the story. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> as much as you're a, you're admitted to being a, a, a huge Apple fan, I am as well. And, you know, it's hard not to sort of want to talk about all that stuff, but um, 
and we had the Big Apple event yesterday. Are you? I guess. Oh, I'm sure you watch that. Yeah. (laughs) Are (laughs) you? Which watch are you getting, Chris? uh, Yeah, I don't know. I I can't decide if if it's even for me or not. It's one of those things. I I remember all the arguments when the iPhone came out. Like, oh no, who needs another phone? Blah blah blah, and it's not going to sell. It's too expensive. And I hear the same people saying the same arguments again. And so I know it's going to be a thing that we're all going to end up, you know having five watches on our hands in two years or whatever. But uh, yeah, what did, what did you think? I thought it was a great uh, keynote. So like, first of all, the new MacBook is mind-blowingly beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's super thin. They redesigned all the internals. No fans. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, so it's like the perfect traveling laptop for podcasters maybe. Yeah. The, the one sort of issue is going to be no audio ports, which a lot of... Oh, podcasters yeah. <laughs> are, are probably moving digital anyways but then now with usb c i think or usb 3c i forget the, just the one port on it anyways kind of makes for a lot of dongles and <laughs> adapters and oh, stuff. oh yeah that's true as well, but but yeah fanless is certainly nice that's you know, audio wise as far as levels and stuff you don't have to worry about any sort of fan kicking in all of a sudden when you visit a flashlight or whatever and uh and uh so i'm sure like you know portable audio gear will catch up and and come native with you know those adapters and USB-C or whatever adapter and stuff eventually but it's just this transitionary period of forcing us to get used to no ports again even less ports Apple usually sets a trend for that so yeah yeah exactly and then so yeah and the bigger keyboard too is kind of nice I'm just looking I have an Air that I use and and having a full-size keyboard on the same size but roughly you know space would be kind of nice and which uh, Air do you have I do the 13 inch one it's a couple years old yeah yeah I was thinking maybe the 11, but this 12 is a nice uh, in-between, I guess. I just want to take a break and thank our first sponsor of this episode, Campaign Monitor, who make it super easy for you to create, send, and optimize your email marketing campaigns. You can design beautiful emails in minutes with their easy-to-use template builder, send more relevant emails by displaying content catered to your individual subscribers. Best of all, your emails will look great on any device. It just doesn't get any easier than this. We love working with Campaign Monitor both on our newsletter here at goodstuff.fm slash newsletter and just as a company, they're a great company to work with and supporters of Good Stuff. So if you'd like to see great content like what we're doing here at Good Stuff continue, please check out campaignmonitor.com. Thanks to their support for supporting Good Stuff and show me your mic. With the show that you're doing, are you doing a lot of the interviews uh, with Capsule? Uh, are you doing interviews in like a studio and stuff? Or how, how do you actually set up and record? Yeah, and, and so uh, it's interesting because all the podcasts I listen to on like a regular basis, they can do like a double ender type of show with their ho- uh, with their uh, guest hosts or uh, co-hosts. Uh, yeah. Or, yeah. Co-hosts, yeah. So, but for musicians, it's kind of tricky because we do have to go through another layer, which is the the PR person, and then usually they do the artist does not know how to use Skype, or maybe they're not willing to use Skype. So it will usually be either a phoner, and so I have to. There's no double ender at all. <laughs> right. Uh, it's kind of hard to ask for that. It's like, hey, um, let's say Bon Jovi. Okay, so it's like, hey, Bon Jovi, <laughs> can you record? your end of this podcast yeah. on GarageBand <laughs> and then email it to me. Can you do that? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's not happening. <laughs> John Bond isn't doing it for you. No. <laughs> Which is so funny because it's like, of all people in the world, musicians would you think would appreciate the value of using a good mic, having good audio, you know, like that's their, their that's job. That's what I thought. <laughs> yeah, but obviously Some when they're on the tour. Actually, yeah. Okay, so that's that's what is what is it? That's an interesting idea, though, because I, I would guess you know folks getting into this thinking they might be able to use a podcast, like I was saying, to interview 
musicians or whatever, it is difficult to actually get them. So you're, what method are you using to phone them in and have them on your show? Uh, right now, uh, you mean like, uh, so right now on my end, I use Skype or I use uh, FaceTime because uh, I use Ecamm's call recorder. Nice. Oh, yeah. And then they, they have both. I think they've, they had uh, Skype for a long time. And recently they made a version for uh, FaceTime as well. I used that once and it was pretty good actually. Mm -hmm. So I can phone from my cell phone using my Mac with Yosemite and it will call their iPhone and then it will record both and then it spits it back out to me in a file. So that works out nicely actually. <laughs> it sounds better than uh, cellular. Yeah. And that's, uh, whereas like with Skype, um, so yeah, Skype call, you're using their Skype dialout service, right? Where you'd have to pay to dial out or if it's, you know, yeah. on long distance and all that stuff or whatever. But the uh, issue with the Skype though, in Canada at least, is that we cannot buy a Skype number. So like some artists, they don't want you calling them. They want to call you. Right. Because I guess they don't want to give out their phone number. So the issue is that we do not, as a Canadian, we cannot have a Skype phone number. So yeah. I always have to initiate. Right. Yeah, which is so frustrating. I went through the same thing, just investigating Google Voice for this show, actually, as a, you know, trying to get a voicemail number that people could call in. And there's work around. I eventually got one set up, but it still wouldn't, it'd be probably sound even sketchier that like, hey, I'm in Canada, but I'm going to get you to call this number in California <laughs> and, <laughs> or wherever the number you happen to get or whatever. And You have yeah. to show me that then. Yeah, it's a, uh, I'll, I'll send you, I think I found the link somewhere is what I ended up doing, but it might work for in your situation too, because it's. I just don't know if it, I would assume it would work for Skype, but Google is a little easier to sort of do all the stuff. You're doing it all on the web where Skype might be like buying that number might be through different services or something. I'm not sure, but do you know uh, why we can't have a number. I, I have, as far as I'm aware, like when I looked into Google voice stuff, it's all just like the, what is it? I don't know, CRTC or Canadian, some Canadian regulatory board or as far as it, Google just isn't willing to put in the effort to go through all the paperwork of being able to purchase numbers say and oh i was God. i would guess skype is the same and hopefully now that skype is owned by microsoft that'll change eventually but yeah it's annoying because you hear about yeah using skype as your number let's say and having a voicemail number and and whatever that anybody could just call on skype or on a on a dial-up phone it would be super awesome for podcasters i'm sure well, i know lots of podcasters that would, use that it would make my life so much easier <laughs> yeah exactly the problem i would guess with google talk and and whatever like the google voice number is the audio quality to your phone probably isn't going to be as good because you have to go through like a VPN to set it up so it thinks you're in the States and it's a pain as far as using it day to day. <laughs> but for a voicemail number, it works great, or theoretically anyways. I should, yeah. I don't actually have it on me. I should, I'll put it in the show notes and you can, somebody who's listening can leave me a voicemail and test it out because it's a California number. So it, obviously if you're outside of California, you pay long distance, but um, you can leave me a voicemail number and, or a voicemail message and tell me if it works. <laughs> Cause I haven't tested it otherwise. Um, anyways, where were we with? So yeah, with artists, you're, yeah, I can understand, I guess, John Bon Jovi or whoever, <laughs> we're not wanting to, was he actually on the show? No. Okay. That was just a gig. He's, yeah. a, he's a dream one. <laughs> right. <laughs> one day. Wanted dead or alive. The, uh, yeah, it would be, I could see them being resistant to like, here's my assist, even giving out their assistant's cell phone number or whatever that they might have on tour with them or whatever. And just like thinking that you're somehow going to pester them then after that for special tickets or whatever exactly exactly <laughs> that's i think that's the main concern <laughs> yeah <laughs> not like you're going to call them up to go for lunch or something but yeah um and as far as audio quality you said skype or facetime seems to facetime 
with call recorders seems to be a bit better than what you've experienced with Skype? Skype is actually still the most stable thing that I've used. A lot of people complain about like the Skype to Skype and maybe even Skype to a landline, but Skype is okay. But then the, the FaceTime one is actually, it's, it's clearer. I don't know how to explain it. Have you tried it? I've only tried it not for a podcast. I've tried it just, you know, using, obviously I've used FaceTime, but I haven't tried using yeah. it for recording anything. Um, but I do have, I have to thank Ecamm. They sent me a, a review copy or whatever of the call recorder for FaceTime. And, and it's, I've used it to record a couple of video chats, uh, just family stuff or whatever. But it's amazing actually how easy that makes, it makes it to do a video interview if you want to do videos as well. I don't, I I'm, sort of took a quick, quick peek through, but you're doing just audio, right? For Yes, podcast stuff. it's only audio right now. Yeah, but it does make it really easy to do video if you wanted to, where, and especially with everybody, not everybody, sorry, but a lot of people having iPhones, to have a, a great video camera in their hand, as long as they hold it relatively steady or have a stand for it, you can conduct a pretty good video interview with somebody that's going to be a lot better than their built-in webcam was of a few years ago, so, um, and then gives you both video feeds and nice audio and, and away you go, so, um yeah, definitely worth, and it's I think thirty bucks or something. So it's not even that yes. expensive for a piece of software that basically can, uh, you know, equip yourself, equip your podcast with a great interview mechanism that way. Um, I bought that on day one. <laughs> nice. I got yeah. an email. It's like FaceTime. I'm like, yes, bye. I want this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 foolproof almost. Um, and uh, and then are you editing? So you're taking it out from FaceTime. It gives you the audio files and then what do you you edit in GarageBand or what do you use for record or editing? So I think uh, the output file right after you finish the right after I finish the interview is a .mov. I convert that into a AIFF. Is that an AF? Do you call it that? Or AIF? I always say AIFF, but I, there must be some okay. sort of nerd shorthand for that. But yeah, I, I convert it to that. <laughs> then I take that file. I consider that like the master or the raw raw kind of file. Then I put that into, I edit in Logic Pro 10, oh, nice. do yeah. all the stuff in there, put in some um, music clips, like eight seconds of whoever I just interviewed, flip around the promo, which I get them to say at the end of the show. I bring that to the front and then I usually just keep, I don't really touch too much of what's in the middle, like the actual content itself. And I export everything there into an MP3 file. And that, no, no, I export that as still uh, AIFF. Then I bring that into Alphonic. I have the Mac app for that. And you know what that is, right? The, yeah. It's like a leveler. Yeah, but t- maybe I talk, need... uh, some folks might not be too familiar with it. I've talked about it a few times on this show and, and actually tried it on, I think it was last episode or two episodes ago. I was just messing around with the web version. Just, you know, I haven't, I haven't taken the plunge yet myself, but um, seemed to have good oh, really? results. So. Yeah, no, that's a, it's a great... I guess it's like a Swiss army knife, actually. I think mm. there was another program actually called Levelator. I never tried that, though. Yeah. But then this this one looks really great. So I tried, the, like, for the first year of the show, I used the web app. And you just upload it, and then it sends it back to you. Like, you tell it what you want the file size to be and all of that. Then it will email you when it's done, and then you can download it. And then I think... While I was using it, it was free, and then they changed to a, a paid uh, version. Like you can do like two hours a month for free or something. Then anything after that, you have to buy credits. So they released a Mac app, which I bought. I forgot how much that was. I think that might be like a hundred dollars or something like that. Yeah. But anyways, right. it uploading the large files took a while. So I guess 
having the app on your computer was great, especially if you're traveling too. You don't want to upload stuff. So the Mac app is, it works just the same as the web version. Uh, I think it might be actually faster depending on how powerful your computer is. And uh, yeah, so I ex when I bring the AIFF file into Alphonic, I export it as a 128 kilobytes per second MP3 file. Nice. Yeah, and I think one difference now, and I, I could be wrong, I, I'm not going to load the site right now, but Ophonic on the web, I believe, has support for multi-track uh, leveling, like where you, if you have music, you can upload that as one track, your audio or your spoken word as another track, let's say sound effect track maybe or whatever your podcast has as individual tracks and it then you flag one as music so it doesn't try and do the same kind of compression i know it does like that oh really so on the desktop app because i tried it too and my (laughs) my computer that i do the editing on is a 2007 imac and it was horribly slow like the web version is way (laughs) slower for me but again i can i have fast internet so it's easy to upload but um but yeah it was way quicker to just send it to them and let them process it and then get it back um which is kind of funny but i'm sure a, a newer model mac than one that's seven years old would definitely handle it a little quicker but um yeah on the online version if you pay them you you can yeah upload your music track so like like again depending on how much of an audio file you are how much time you have to fiddle with that stuff you could export from logic you know each track fully yeah upload them and i would guess that's coming to the desktop app i would assume at some point they'll they'll integrate that but um i think i've said before i feel like um, maybe i'm a broken record but like levelator had sort of got on a bad rap as an app because it was kind of just like this like brute force smushing of your audio and it would just like the highs would get really high and the lows would get really low and it would just kind of like level everything but whereas Ophonic does like the guys just reading this stuff hearing some of the stuff on them on other podcasts super smart dudes behind this and take a lot of care with what they're doing and so if you were sort of turned off of Levelator it's worth checking out Ophonic because it's not the same thing it's the same general principle but the tech behind it is is well current modern and uh yeah seems to be doing i love it yeah i love it because i don't have like my time's already limited with live and limbo and then doing a podcast as well is even more time consuming i would say maybe if a show was 45 minutes it would take me maybe three to four hours in total including like the research preparation actually doing it and then editing it later so i just i think for me i split it up the tracks i move it to all the parts to where i want and just put it into Alphonic and then let let it do everything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and especially, and too for not just time, but also, uh, I I mean, as I would like to think I have a pretty good ear for stuff, but I know that you know there's a point where a computer can probably tell even better than I can <laughs> with some of the. Yeah, I'm not EQ. an audio engineer. So exactly. <laughs> and if you're if audio is your thing, then it then by all means, obviously, spend the time fin- fiddling with all the dials and knobs and stuff. But yeah, for a lot of us, it's. I trust the machines in, in some respects more at times for sure um, than my ears. But yeah, your mileage may vary. It's free, like you said, for two hours of processing a month, which is, uh, you know, could be enough for a lot of podcasts if they're just starting out and stuff. And uh, and then you can decide to buy either the app or buy, buy credits um, and, and if you like it. So um, they don't sponsor this show, but uh, we talk about them a lot. No, they're <laughs> great. Show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you said you're trying to record and publish a, cu- a couple times a week on the podcast yes. as well? So we're aiming for two episodes a week, depending on, I don't know, it's crazy in this world of music, like music can, like news and music can happen at any time. 
It's yeah. like very unpredictable with like Kanye West. He might just do something today out of nowhere. I'm like, oh my God, I have to cover that now. And then <laughs> uh, planning all the artists' schedules, like it's all based around their touring schedule. Like anytime I can interview them. So some, it happened a few times. Like they're like, get ready for two o'clock PM. Then that time comes and then they're like, oh, we got to push it back an hour. Then maybe another hour. Then let's do it tomorrow. Like, oh my God. Okay. Right. I can't say no to them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Especially so, but, if it's like a big act, you have to just take it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. John Bond says he needs to talk to you at seven. You talk. <laughs> I'm but, hoping this sh podcast. I, I'm hoping he listens to your show and then <laughs> he comes on to my show. All right. Well, that, we'll see. We'll see. We'll find out. <laughs> or at least someone in his camp listens to your show. <laughs> yeah. If somebody in the Bon Jovi community listens to this show somehow, some sort of weird uh, world where there's a hardcore nerd podcaster that's on his production team get get in touch get in touch with Sean. <laughs> <Thank> uh, <you. laughs> yeah. i just want to take another quick break to mention another way you could support show me your mic and that's by visiting a small orange they have a simple vision perfecting hosting while maintaining a homegrown feel with a focus on people their customers their employees and their community a small orange isn't like those big hosting conglomerates they don't promise unlimited plans that are actually hindered by hidden limitations Instead, you're only responsible for paying for the resources you need. Whether you're just starting your own blog or you're running a powerful e-commerce site, they have a plan for you. Before I could recommend them, as I've mentioned before, I wanted to use them myself. And so I recorded a screencast of myself, setting up an account, installing WordPress, writing a blog post, all that stuff, which you can find and watch within, takes about 30 minutes to start from start to finish, registering a domain and getting a first blog post out the door. And uh, you can visit... Show me your mic, goodstuff.fm slash smym slash 76. Click the link to watch the video and check out a small orange. If you do end up getting hosting with them, you'll be supporting Show Me Your Mic and myself with podcasting. That's a pretty crazy release schedule for podcasting. And then... Um, that's, how, what they, that's what a lot of people told me at the beginning when I was <laughs> asking for feedback. I didn't know how crazy that was. Is that crazy? It's well, it's just a lot of work, but if you, yeah. it's, it's, it's good. Like it, uh, especially like you said, in your industry, it's a, it's interesting. I don't think I've had someone who's a lot of the podcasters I talk to tend to be sort of the niche, you know, like, like the Apple nerds or the, uh, I'm blanking of course. And so I'll just stop trying to a wrestling guy, you know, talking about wrestling and stuff. And it's like sort of this focused area where it's not pop. I haven't had a lot of sort of pop popular culture folks doing okay. right trying to, which it would be like, there's no point in talking about whatever, like U2 dropping an album with Apple, you know, now, six months later or whatever, obviously, or whatever it's been. That was big news. But yeah, like I'll that day, that. that week or whatever, <laughs> that's huge. And so you have to be ready to just go and talk about it. And, and obviously, like you said, write about it as well. And you're, you're trying to juggle both. So are you, like, if you record an interview with John Bo Bon Jovi, we'll keep using him as the example, but yes. uh, <laughs> today, are you sort of cataloging that and releasing it on a schedule and stuff or do you just like okay we got to put this out now and because it's now the written part will be out as soon as i can and we try to release a new episode of the show either on tuesday or thursdays i think those are like really nice days i don't know why yeah and traditionally the music industry was like a tuesday release schedule right that before everything it still went is until is uh this summer actually that's an interesting question this is also big news but the global new music release day will be Fridays starting in the summer. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Is there, have they said why or just? 
they said it will make things easier for the promoters and uh, record labels. However, like indie artists are feeling heat because if everything is released on that one day, then of course the lesser known people won't get any media attention from that. Yeah. It'll only be like the Lady Gagas and stuff like that. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, it was always, I remember as a younger kid, anyways, or whatever, going to the store and Tuesdays was when you check out in my day, anyway, CDs coming out. Obviously, now you just load up iTunes and see what's new. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, that's interesting that they're moving it to a Friday. Interesting. Um, For me, I stream. Do you stream? I don't, actually. That's what you guys were talking about on your last episode that I was listening yeah. to. The horror. I have never, I'm still old school, and I guess I, I do the iTunes match thing and then have my music, you know, in, in the cloud or whatever and sync through our devices in the house here and stuff. Um, but I don't, I'm still like, there's something about owning the album, even though it's like just ones and zeros on my computer, something about that, that still is like, I'm making the choice to buy it as opposed to just having it all at my fingertips, which makes sense. Like I completely get why people sign up for RDO and et cetera, but yeah, maybe, I don't know. We'll see. Cause you're, what, I forget which one you were, you were, do you use RDO or? I'm using RDO right now. Right. I'm using RDO. RDO is great. And even in Canada, as far as licensing and stuff, you're you're not hurting for like missing that one album from Bon Jovi or, or whatever. Like your the selection is is good enough. I remember like when it first came out, it was kind of like hit and miss as to which albums would be on one or the other. Service. Yeah, I think that is kind of what the big issue right now with with streaming is. Uh, so there's so many players in that field right now, and there's a huge fragmentation. All of them, like Spotify, RDO, and like Pandora, they have like a decent collection. I think each one of them have like 30 million catalogs or whatever like that. But there are some big name artists like Taylor Swift and recently Bjork who are like, we don't want our catalogs on Spotify specifically because they have a free tier. And the issue is that Spotify has 60 million active users, but only 15 million pay. So what's happening to the rest of that? So, right. and then platforms like RDO, I use RDO more of a, because it's, I guess, more of a philosophical kind of thing. And their UI is great too, but RDO, you have to pay for it. There is a free, I think, ad supported version, but you, they limit what you can listen to. So, but on Spotify, you can listen to anything for free with the ads. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was it's just that little, the little details is what ticks off some artists. Yeah. And they probably like, do they pay artists differently for the free plays or something? Is there some sort of weird way well, of that's screwing the, the thing, artists? Is that, that um, what's his name? The Universal Music CEO, Lucian Grange, Lucian, uh, he was on Recode for a press conference um, and he said, ad supported free tiers are not a sustainable business. And I totally agree with him. It's like the, the listener needs to pay for what they listen to, even if it's $4.99, $7.99, $9.99, which is what RDO and Spotify do. I, I think that's a fair price. Yeah. And that's, I don't, not that this is a streaming music podcast, but <laughs> I, I, I agree. It's interesting because, and I think there's, there's going to come a day here where podcasts are, are going to crossover into that medium somehow in some way like there's already things like um iHeartRadio and Spotify apparently was has been sort of flirting with podcasts in their player and uh who am I forgetting the bigger anyway um someone will email me yelling at I forgot about this other service but um 
yeah, there's there's and even Apple actually in the iTunes interface, and, and I've often wondered like on podcasts it says free download, free download for getting a podcast, and I've wondered if they have the code there and would someday enable like buying a podcast as opposed to being always just free. And there's you know obviously reasons why you'd want it to be free, but there could be a good reason to have a podcast that you would actually pay for and wouldn't be sponsored and all that kind of stuff. Um, and there's memberships and stuff that people do, but just in terms of like being able to subscribe to say RDO and getting Mark Maron's WTF podcast or whatever show mm-hmm. you're interested in that otherwise you'd pay a membership to Mark Maron for back catalog stuff, but maybe he'd put his stuff in RDO, let's say, or whatever. And, um, I think some of his stuff is paid for in iTunes. He might be one of the few though. I have to check though. Yeah. I know he has like some app. of his episodes. Yeah, yeah. Like you have to do it. If you do it through an app, you can buy some stuff, but maybe, yeah, he might release it separately as just like an album or something, I guess. That's where it gets it. Yeah. Interesting stuff anyways, with the streaming services as it relates to that and, uh, and how it could intersect someday with podcasts. Cause it, the money is coming into podcasting, obviously, as we keep hearing about with serial, et cetera. And, and it's only a matter of time before Bon Jovi wants to do a podcast, but he wants to get paid per episode <laughs> or whatever. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Not just give it everything away. Um, so yeah, we'll see. It's interesting. I think uh, the the upcoming Apple and uh, Beats Music streaming service, whatever they revamp it to, I think that will have a very good solution for the fragmentation of catalogs. So they already have iTunes, right? Yeah. And so they just got to enable that. Yeah, exactly. I'll switch and, over. And hopefully the licensing, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hopefully the licensing is such that it isn't like how, uh, well, I know when iTunes Match came out, it was like available in the U.S. and then it took a year or two for Canada and and st- stuff like that. I think it feels like iTunes at least has the weight of where, you know, we figured out licensing deals, deals around the world, or at least the majority of the world, and um, hopefully Beats can sort of piggyback that because Beats Music is only U.S. still, right? That's right. That's yeah. correct. Because that's always, yeah, just like we said, licensing and stuff is always the struggle. So, Well, I think iTunes is like located all around the world. It can't be that difficult to get them to sign another paper or whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what are you going to do? Say no to Apple? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So uh, anyways, back to, <laughs> back Sorry. to podcast. No, 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 it's good. I, I am as guilty as the next guy, next Apple nerd anyways, is wanting to just dissect and, and talk about that. And actually here on, uh, on good stuff, we're going to, Tim Smith and, and maybe we'll see who else shows up, but we're going to have a, a discussion about the Apple event yesterday um, on the Good Stuff Specials feed shortly after this show. So if you're listening to this and want to go nerdier on Apple stuff, you can listen to that. Um, but uh, the, yeah, with with Capsule, I guess, what are your sort of your plans and hopes for the future on, as far as the show and, and where do you hope to take it? I'm thinking uh, we're talking with my, like I'm talking with my other editors and it actually might split into two podcasts because or actually another two because right now it's music, film and pop culture. And then two of the other editors want to make a film and a pop culture one. So actually it might capsule might just become music by itself. And so we'll have a music film and a pop culture pop ca- podcast. So that'll be like three on mm-hmm. live and limbo. So. That's a long-term goal. <laughs> and it's just to gain listeners and stuff. I didn't expect anything to really happen or that much to change. If I had one listener, I would have been happy already. But it's been increasing and the feedback has been really great. Like I think the credibility uh, thing that you talked about before, that that plays a big role in the podcast. Well, I would imagine that you know doing the, uh, I, I want to say print magazine, but a web magazine of sorts, um, 
you know, having an audio show that people can listen to, it helps them, you know, identify this author who I read. Now I know their voice as well exactly. and the inflection that they put into things and the things they love about and the things they hate. And, you know, you just sort of get to know the personalities that are you're reading and, and it can only help to sort of serve that reinforcing your, you know, your brand or whatever and stuff. But, um, but yeah, building familiarity with, with your authors and, and editors and stuff. Um, it, has it been like whatever the, you don't have to reveal numbers if you don't want to, but like, you know, if you have a thousand readers on Live and Limbo, does it translate to like a percentage of that, half of that, or is it more that listen to the show? No, the actually it's, it's interesting. So we have roughly, I'll, I'll tell you like our highest was like highest readership on Live and Limbo was last year after the North by Northeast Festival in Toronto. That's a music, uh, one of the largest music festivals here. Um, we've had about 1.1 million page views in that month. Nice. And so our highest podcast uh, listenership for an episode was 5,000 listeners. So even though that's like a huge difference in numbers, I feel like the podcast listener is much more valuable because the website readers, they last for about 30 seconds to maybe a minute if you're yeah. lucky. But then the podcast listener will listen for like, what, 20 to an hour. So that's like huge. Right. It's a huge difference of time. Yeah. So I don't know. Well, and plus, like we've uh, I've talked about this show a lot is it is just that much harder to listen to a I mean, you've got a nice embed on the page and stuff, so it's not that it's that difficult to listen live on the page, but people who, if they're willing to subscribe to your show and listen, that's a like a process. It's not just a quick one click usually. Yeah. And so if they're invested enough to take the 30 seconds it takes to like click three buttons and, and actually want to subscribe too on top of that after listening, it's a, it's a pretty good commitment to you as a as an outlet, as a creator anyways, that, that people are willing to do that. So, um, on, on, on the point that you just made, I've, I found that to be an issue too. Like usually we would, when we want engagement on Twitter, we would say we're giving away free, uh, tickets to this concert or a festival retweet and follow. So that would have been like an easy, they just hit retweet. But for the podcast to get subscribers, I was like, if you want to win tickets, you have to go to this link. (laughs) <laughs> and then in this link, it will tell you to subscribe. So I made a specific page on the website that says how to subscribe to iTunes with like five steps with pictures and it tells you where to go and then leave a review on it right. as well. So I think that actually helps. Yeah. And it's it's probably worth, um, I know it's something here, good stuff we've gone back and forth on. We tend to attract the sort of tech nerd crowd anyways. And so they're probably savvy enough but there's i'm sure like everybody else there's listeners who are just happen to come across this because they whatever googled your name and found this episode and but don't really know why they would want to subscribe to show me <laughs> like and how and what that would mean and and yeah having a an explanation i know a friend of mine justin jackson does a podcast and he has a, a url at his podcast site that i'm forgetting right now but it's just slash review so he can say on air visit uh, why am I blanking? Sorry, Justin, but justinjackson.ca, let's say, slash review, which is just a redirect to iTunes, but oh, at least okay. it, like to his podcast page, but at least it's it makes more sense than asking someone like me right now saying, go leave a review and they have to like go find the feed link and the link to iTunes. And then, yeah, just makes it a little easier to remember what to do and stuff. So, um, but yeah, having the instructions there too is is great because then you can just say liveandlimbo.com slash iTunes and that's how you 
Find That's us. exactly what it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Thank there you. you. <laughs> there you go. But uh yeah, and uh, it's certainly, again, that's one of those things where I, if Apple really bought into podcasting, which they do a great job of supporting, there'd be, somehow it would just would, be easier. They'd be, they'd, yeah, I don't know what the solution is. Nobody's really figured it out yet. But uh, Well, the app is native now, right? Yeah, that which certainly helps a lot for, for any iOS user now having, like, it's not a question of having an app that they have to go download first. It's just there. So at least links should open and, yeah, away you go. It's getting there. The review part is the, which is for reviews for podcasters, obviously it's, it helps tremendously. So if you want to leave a review for show me your mic in iTunes, that'd be awesome. It helps obviously get the word out about the show, all that kind of stuff, but it is a bit of a laborious process to actually do that, especially when you're used to sort of like just being able to quickly click a one star or five star mm-hmm. somewhere else, but um, on other services. But anyways, it's getting better. We would definitely not be where we are without Apple's support. I don't think in in a lot of this. No. Case. So um, can't can't complain too much. But can always as Apple nerds can always complain, <laughs> complain a little bit. Um, in uh, in in wrapping up, one of the things I ask folks. Uh, oh, I didn't ask you. The name of the show is Show Me Your Mic. What what mic are you using for recording your shows? Oh yeah. So <laughs> I'm using the Electro Voice RE20 microphone. Oh, nice. Is that, did you start with that, or how did you sort of land on that one? Uh, no, well, mem- uh, in university, I was a co-host on a radio station, and that's the one they used, and that's the one I remember. So I w- when, I w- when I started the podcast, I was debating between the Electro Voice and the Shure, what was it, the SM, what's the one Mark Marin uses, the SM7B or something like that? Yeah. It think- looks really nice. And I was debating... Uh, between the two and i just stuck with what i knew best which is the electro voice and yeah. tom york of radiohead uses it as well so that's a plus <laughs> nice <laughs> exactly does he have a podcast too i know no. you're talking i know you're talking about his music but yeah <laughs> yeah no he does not <laughs> i was just trying to think of a way i could interview him and that's all I'd oh that would be amazing <laughs> yeah. uh, and so this mic is connected to um i just got it it's the dbx 286s preamp processor nice. i think yeah. i might have tweeted you about that and then that goes into a zoom h6 which goes into the macbook pro nice that, that's how i do it no mixer right and so you're doing all the bring your guest in off your computer yes plugging that yeah, yeah. okay yeah that's uh oh yeah that's right i forgot we had that chat or on twitter about the dbx uh, i was asking problems. you yeah with Ray <laughs> and, and stuff and that's that's has that have you noticed an improvement that's on my wish list myself here as far as next uh, I noticed the, the what's it called the, the lows and the highs the the switches the knobs on that I think that helps but I'm still playing around with there's so many knobs yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm still playing around with which one sounds best for me yeah and I will say I should have mentioned before, you sound like on this when we're chatting right now at least to my ears I'll go back and edit and stuff it doesn't look like you're peaking in the in logic here but it sounds a little gain heavy somewhere but I don't know oh, is that it? could okay. be Skype on my end that I haven't adjusted or something too that there's again that's a, the the fun and or frustration of of podcasting is there's just so many different variables like you said with just adding that's part of the tension for me of adding that say the dbx 286 which i know would improve my workflow and the sound is also just adding more knobs and gears to, <laughs> to, to the equation so what mixer are you using i have a it's a onyx 1620 a Mackie mixer okay um, and do you use a preamp as well or no no but i should like the i have a Heil pr40 mic that 
is really gain hungry, I guess. Gain gain hungry, I guess, would be the right term. So the gain on my mixer is like cranked way up, and so it it's there isn't a lot of room for error, I guess, there. And so um, something like the DBX two eighty six would just do a much better job of. Well, that's what I'm kind of confused about. So, like, now I have two knobs for gain. Should I turn <laughs> down the H6 to, like, a 1 and then the DBX all the way up? Or should it be the other way? I don't know which one would work better. I think my hunch would be, and if uh, you could ping Ray Ortega on, <laughs> okay. on, on Twitter, that's always my deep, my backup. But So don't take, uh, it's like me saying I'm not a lawyer, I'm not a doctor, but, like, um, talk to Dr. Ray, but the, uh, I, my hunch is that I know when I've talked to folks about my Mackie mixer and getting that DBX 286 is the DBX would be the better gain okay. and just use that solely and yeah, turn your gain down to zero or not next to nothing. Uh, mm. I, I forget if it kills the signal completely, but, um, but yeah, that's basically where, uh, you want, that's kind of like the better gain, <laughs> uh, better, yes. system. And so use that as opposed to having it sort of in two locations, I guess. So in as much as this is a podcast about podcasting, it's actually my podcasting journey of learning about this stuff. And I, yeah, I don't claim to be complete <laughs> audio engineer expert in any of it. So, um, but hoping to learn from folks. So, but yeah, it, it, it's nice having, it, I guess, to experiment and, and try it, but it, it feels like, I, I'm sure like you feel about how I feel where there's only so much time you have to mess around with this stuff and you want to be able to just rely on it and know that it's working. Um, and, uh, and yeah, don't have days to just sit and record audio just for fun. Nope. Don't have those days. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and ruining a recording is oh my God. intensely yeah. stressful and frustrating, obviously. So, um, and then your co-hosts that you have with you, like co, yeah, co-house, um, are they just, you Skype them in as well for shows from around the area or do they come in, in studio, so to speak? Or? Yeah, everything is Skype. We haven't had, they actually live pretty close by. I don't know why I don't have them in, but uh, yeah, everything's by Skype right now. Yeah, they're my editors. So I can have either one or two co-hosts, which are Live and Limbo uh, staff members. So it's pretty good, good to be able to just call up anyone when I need some analysis on a topic. Yeah. Yeah, I know that's similar here in Saskatoon. There's friends that I have who podcast with me and have shows on good stuff. And it's often like we could get together. Technically, it's pretty easy to do, but it's somehow it's nicer just to stay in your own house. And not. Exactly. We don't want to go outside in the cold. Yeah, totally. <laughs> exactly. So um, cool. Well, one thing I've asked, I forgot to, maybe I didn't mention this to you, but uh, getting a photo of your, your setup that'll include in the show notes. It doesn't have to be anything professional, but just a quick photo of your gear and oh, yeah. mic setup or whatever so folks can see check it out which will be at the show notes uh at goodstuff.fm slash smym slash uh, 76 i think we're at and uh but the way i need show is asking for podcasts that you listen to and what apps you're listening to them on so i don't know if you have your podcast player of choice yes, handy. i do so i play around with like three at any one time which is Ensicast, overcast or the native podcast app but i on a daily basis, I use Instacast the most, I guess, because it has the iPad and a Mac app as well. Uh, yeah, for Overcast, I do like it, though. Uh, however, they don't have a Mac app yet. And I don't listen to podcasts on the Mac that much, but just in the back of my head, if they do have one, then that's always a plus. <laughs> right. As for the podcast, I listen to, um, there's one called The Upward Spiral, which is a music business one. Uh, Invisibilia, I like that. Uh, Canada Land with Jesse Brown. Uh, do you know who he is? Yeah, yeah, very familiar. Yeah, 
I actually met him at um, PodCamp in Toronto. So there are lots of Canadian podcasters out there. They're just kind of waiting to spread out. Yeah. (laughs) Um, uh, Damien Abraham, he's in a band, which I don't think I can repeat on your show, but it's like (laughs) effed up. Do you know of this band? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Okay. He has a show called Turned Out a Punk. I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on your show or not. I can bleep. I'll bleep it, but yeah, we can, whatever. Okay. And uh, of course, I'm an Apple nerd, so I listen to the talk show, uh, Accidental Tech Podcast. I listen to your network, of course. Nice. And, but also, um, I kind of like the paranormal stuff too, so I'll listen to like Joe Rogan and Mysterious Universe once in a while as well. Nice. That's a good good variety. Yeah, I, I've I pinged uh, Jesse before. I think just before his show kind of blew up with the whole Jean Gameshi thing, because I was like, "Oh, this is a guy. He's on Patreon and he's kind of doing podcasting. I should have him on." And then, and uh, I mean, maybe he just lost my email or whatever. I'm not pretending like he's deliberately. He's a busy ignoring. guy. Yeah, he's busy now and, and got way busier once that whole thing blew up, obviously. And so, but he'd be a great. Yeah, I want to have him on sometime just to chat about the sort of news angle but podcasting and independently um i was gonna say independently wealthy but probably not wealthy but <laughs> independently supported <laughs> anyways um that he's doing and uh and sort of become a bit of the canadian poster child anyways for podcasting and patreon and you know some of that stuff i'm sure he gets asked onto a lot of shows just chatting about that angle never mind all the interesting stories he's breaking there on canada land so um, I sometimes wonder if folks outside of Canada find that show and think it's going to be like this, you know, the nature of things, talking about what Canada is like and, <laughs> and stumble into this weird political debates and, and things. But, Can you imagine people in like Germany and they want to travel to Canada and yeah. in the brochure section, it's like, listen to this Canada land podcast and yeah. know everything about this country. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Totally. Cool. Um, so where can folks find you, follow you, keep up with the show, all that kind of stuff? You can follow myself on Twitter, uh, at Sean Chin, and then Live and Limbo is at Live and Limbo, and the actual podcast itself is at Capsule Podcast. So there's lots of Twitter accounts there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you use the Twitter account for the show purely just about episode releases, or are you also trying to use that for like sort of cross-promotional stuff or how does it how do you sort of manage your social media presence with it relates to podcasting yeah so this uh, i ran into this issue as well when you have so many accounts so with the at capsule podcast account it will just be whenever a new release is made so it'll be like today for example it will be 66 and the title and a link to the show and then I will market and promote and engage about that episode with a link on the Live in Limbo account, which has a lot more followers. That's right. how I do it. Yeah. Yeah, which makes sense. That's how, I know it's it's an often a sort of a debater question of what should I, should I make a show have its own thing, even though my personal account probably has more followers than the show does. And, yeah. and that's sort of my approach to is tweet out a link. I use mine a little bit for the, the show me your mic one, which is S-M-Y-M underscore F-M for um, podcasting news. But um, but yeah, it's, it's generally quiet other than, you know, here's a new episode or, or here's an episode that, or there's a show is coming up and, you know, you might want to listen live or whatever, but yeah, fairly minimal traffic or noise from it otherwise. So, cause it's, yeah, it's just too much to keep up with all. <laughs> I, I all think of it as a digital real estate. So you just want to make sure you have your, your vanity URLs and stuff like that. Yeah, totally. Cause I anyway, mean, you never know where it's going to go and what tools Twitter might enable. Like for example, now I think I've talked about on the show, but Twitter, if you're using Libsyn to host, that's the other thing, I guess what 
service you're using to host your show on. Yeah, but, yeah. I I use Libsyn. Yeah. <laughs> so if you have a native Libsyn account, or not that there's any other account, a Libsyn account, uh, you can use the Twitter embed now to automatically have a nice player right in in the Twitter timeline if if the app, your Twitter app of of choice supports displaying that properly but makes for the web experience anyways a, a pretty nice one if your users want to listen to, i can't imagine wanting to listen to a podcast just on twitter but stranger things have happened and you never know where your audience might come from i guess so um cool well thanks sean for for coming on and show me your mic and i uh, look forward to all the awesome stuff that you're doing and and hearing a new podcast that might come out and we'll have to have you on again when you have a new show to talk about <laughs> Thank and, you so much, Chris. This yeah. Great. <laughs> and uh, for you listeners out there, thanks for listening. If uh, you want to find out more and follow the links and things we discussed here, you can find them at goodstuff.fm slash SMYM slash 76. My thanks to Campaign Monitor and a Small Orange for supporting good stuff and Show Me Your Mic. And if you'd like to support Show Me Your Mic and my podcasting efforts a little more directly, I'm also on Patreon, as I mentioned with Jesse Brown. There's patreon.com slash iChris. You can check it out there, and uh, every little bit helps just uh, fund a bit of the podcasting dream that I have going here. (laughs) So um, I'm on Twitter. I'm iChris on Twitter. And, of course, good stuff underscore FM is where you can find good stuff. Questions, comments, concerns about Show Me Your Mic? My email address is chris at goodstuff.fm. And if you'd like to be on a future episode of Show Me Your Mic, you can visit uh, goodstuff.appointlet.com to use a little booking thing tool there to, f- to schedule an appointment and, uh, or a future, future date. And uh, I think that's it. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Bye.